Okay, so, so yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about the path of a disciple and, uh, and how we grow as disciples of Christ. Um, that, for believers, that's a really big question of saying, okay, how do we, how do we grow? How do we press into the Father and, and learn more, but also like practically skill, like skills-wise, what does that look like? Um, and that's a big question that we deal with constantly in youth ministry and in our context. Um, if we have all of these teenagers, what, where are they? How can we identify where they're at um, and what their needs are and how we can encourage them to do that? Um, and so what we look at is we, we look at, we've looked at the Gospels um, and identified five key challenges that Christ gives in his ministry. Um, that as he's interacting with disciples and followers and people, that there are five key areas where he says, okay, here's what I'm challenging you into next and to do next. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk through this evening. And it's going to be great. So, and yeah, Jacob, do yeah. you want to jump into our first challenge? I do. I think you should draw it really quick, especially because your drawing is way better than mine. That's um, also a great plan. And so, and just, we call this tool, um, it's, it's, it's really, like Mike said, it's kind of a roadmap of what are some steps or specific challenges that we saw Jesus give to people as they were growing in maturity and faith, right? Because that's another way to think of how do we grow as disciples of Christ. Another way to say it is how do we grow in, in maturity in our faith? And we see Jesus giving um, specific challenges to people along the way, um, and we're taking that from Scripture. So we're going to look at five moments where we see Jesus give specific challenges mm -hmm. and kind of describe those phases. Now, um, this is not like a perfect, you know, everything. It doesn't cover the entire spectrum, but it's just a tool that we found really, really helpful. So, um, and you can read along from the scriptures with us. We're going to be jumping around a little bit from the gospels, but if you want to, we'll start in John 1. And I'm also going to read it out loud. So if you prefer to just listen and trust me, that's okay as well. Um, so, so this also, is... Also, I'm sorry that my line is very not, it's not straight. It's... It's fine. Neither is life. So it's good. <laughs> That was on purpose. Um, yeah. So, um, so okay. So we're going to read from John chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 43. I can flip the page. There we go. Okay. Um, so it says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He No, wait. I started too early. Um, that's going to be a different 35. challenge. 35. There we go. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. So we see, that's the name of this challenge or this phase. We call it the come and see challenge. Um, and that's for someone who is just new. They haven't had a whole lot of experience with Jesus, with the gospel. Um, we And this is, this is where everyone starts in yeah. their journey with Christ. Right. Some people, their come and see phase is from when they're born until they're in their 50s or later or like whenever. Like this is like for people, for often for people who grow up in the church, it's like, hey, come and see in Sunday school from when you're born until you're four. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and their biggest need is they need to, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Like, what is this all about? And we see that with these, these guys that are going, okay, we, 
we've heard about maybe this is Jesus, so we want to, we, you know, they had a chance to interact with him. And when Jesus asked them, what do you want? They said, well, we, we just, we want to get to know you, I guess. Like, where are you staying? And mm-hmm. what, who are you? What's up with you? And he said, oh, well, come and see. Right? And so that's the biggest thing that people who are in the beginning stages or you could say not in a relationship with Christ yet is they need to meet him. They need to experience him through us in some way. So we want to invite them for the first time to come in contact. Now, there's some, there's some barriers for people in this um, place. Yeah. I, I would also just add that, that these people in this category, in the come and see category, um, we have people who are really open and who are hungry and like, okay, I'm searching. We have people who are closed off and who are like, um, I either heard about that Jesus guy, not interested, and are like maybe more like antagonistic, like aggressive about the whole situation. Um, we have people who are from a religious context but don't have anything to move them into that. Like there's, again, a whole spectrum of where people are starting in that, in that phase, in that challenge. Yeah, do you want to tell a story about someone f- that we know from to kind of maybe help illustrate someone in this? Yes. What this looks like? Yeah. I or do you want me to tell the story? Do want to tell a story? Of Kasha? Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, okay, okay, okay great. <laughs> like, we talked about this earlier. <laughs> it was like, your idea. It was? I don't remember that. Okay, it's fine. Um, yes, okay, so we actually have a new girl in our youth group right now that she is a friend of one of our other students, and she's been coming like on and off since winter break, I think. Yep. Um, and her family, she is not from a family of believers. Um, and she's like, I think from, from what I've gathered from her, like her family like went to church a couple of times. They like went to Catholic church a couple of times. They've been to like one Protestant church, like twice maybe, like over the last 15 years. Um, but nothing, nothing really stuck. And she, so now she's in this spot where she's like, well, I've heard some of these things, but I don't really know. But I see in my friend and, and in these youth group people, like, okay, there is something a little bit different. And, and in our conversations, she, I would put her in the very open searching come and see category yeah. that she's, she's here and she's really invested and she's getting more and more connected to our youth group girls and people. Um, and she's not ready to move into a relationship with Christ yet. We're working on that. Um, but she's but she's really interested, and she's kind of like, okay, what what is this? What what does this mean? What could this mean for me and for my life? Um, yeah, was there anything you would add to that no, description? No, I think that's great. But basically, she's a new person who is open and interested, and who yeah. needs to meet Jesus, but hasn't yet. Yeah. And so yeah. she's coming. She's coming to a place. She's saying, okay, well, what's all? What's this all about? I, I just want to come, and so we, 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 we joined her, we invited her, actually we didn't, it was one of our youth group kids, mm-hmm. said, hey, I've been telling you about youth group, you should come, <laughs> and so she brought her with, uh, with, brought her with her to youth group, and she was like, oh, okay, interesting, and is like, it's starting to ask questions, and it's open, and what people like this need, yeah. Well, and, and I would even say, so every time we talk, I also invite her to, to our small group, right. and every single time she has said, you know, I think that would be good. I'm not ready yet. And so, and so even that, like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep challenging her and keep inviting her and saying, this is a space that is safe. Like you, you already are connected to all the girls that come to my small group. Like you already know them, but we want you to come. And also when you're ready, like this isn't, we're not going to pressure you. We're not going to force you. Um, but she knows that door is open and I will keep 
inviting her through it until she's ready to just have a little bit more of that deeper connection. Right, and that's a key thing that people who are in this come and see challenge, always they people in all of these you'll see they need a challenge. They need to be said. They need kind of to be told, hey, you should do this. Hey, come and see. But it, it needs to be an invitation, and especially here, it's always it's really hard being on the outside to break in on yourself by yourself. You really need someone to from the inside to come out and invite you in. Right, and so that's what. So, so that's our youth group girl. It's just stressful. Like it's really being a hard. new person by yourself anywhere is stressful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and so, so you, you, need, you need someone to invite you in, and then once they're there, to also say, "Hey, come a little. Let me let me show you around. Let me tell you a little bit more about this." Right. It's the the initiative is especially here, is on us, and that's that's yeah, that's really the the key the key barriers. So, um, should we move on to the second challenge? Yeah. Great. Um, so our second challenge is repent and believe. Um, and Can the I passage, have the marker? Yeah, I'll write it. Yeah. Um, and the passage we look at for this one is Mark 1, 14 through 15. And that says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, this one is the most straightforward of our five challenges, um, because it really is, it is the, hey, it's... <laughs> You did a great job. Thanks. Becca's going to write the rest of them from here on out. <laughs> um, but this is, this is the person who, who's ready, who's ready to make that commitment, and who's ready to say, all right, Lord, I am surrendering my life to you. I'm in this. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, yeah, which is just, yeah. We, for, for this person, we look at a clear understanding of what the gospel is, um, and, and they do, that they have that desire, and they say, okay, I... I see my sin, I see Christ, let's, let's do this. Um, we find that the, the needs for this type of person kind of vary, um, at least in, in our context, and I think pretty, pretty universally. Um, there are some people who need, who need the challenge, that you know, you're talking to them, and they're, they're, they're like, I'm like, okay, you, you get it, like, why aren't you, like, are, are you ready? And they're not, for whatever reason, they're not quite there, and they need the challenge of like, you are. Let's do this. Like you, you. It's time to make a decision. It's, it's time yeah. to make a decision. Like this is a decision point moment, and you need to do that. Um, there are some people who just need some encouragement of like, no, no, you really like, you do understand it. You, you like, let me help you with the words if that's what you're worried about, if that's what you're stressed about, um, and just that like extra like encouragement push. Um, there are also some people who need, who need permission, that it feels like, well, yeah, like, I think I understand, but, but are you sure that he's really going to want me, and that I really, that I really could, could be a child of God, like, and they're like, yes, let's do it, like, um, and so that's, I feel like those are the, ba the main categories, yeah. if there's another one that you this can is, think of. This is the, the, the kids at, at VBS, you know, during, at, when they're at a certain point, they go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the prayer, you know, the sinner's prayer with yeah. you, or uh, we've got to do that with some teenagers, really fun. This is the part that we actually really feel, I think, generally, those of us in the church, we get it, you know, it's people mm -hmm. who need, but one big um, barrier with this one, especially in our context, um, but I think probably more so than maybe we realize in the States, mm -hmm. too, is yeah. what will our family think or what will our, our those people around us think um i had the opportunity a 
couple years ago to um, do some interviews with students at camp, uh, and we were with one girl, this was in, in the Czech Republic, but we were filming her and we, we were asking, okay, so tell us about what you've experienced at camp. And, and she said, actually, I, I, um, I don't remember exactly what question we asked, but she goes, I want to believe, this is verbatim, she says, I want to believe, but I cannot because I'm afraid of what it will do to my mom because that would, be, that would cause irreparable damage to our relationship, is at least what she felt, and um, based on history, could very well be true. Um, it's, in Poland, it's largely Catholic nation, and so for people to give their life to Christ in a Protestant church, they're, you know, they're joining a cult, is kind of what they feel. Um, so, which isn't true, but that's what they feel. So, mm-hmm. so that's the repentant belief. Um, and yeah, should we move on to the third one? Because yeah. we want to, okay, we, we're kind of running through this because we want to show you a little bit more afterwards once you, you kind of get the whole roadmap. We'll talk a little bit more about some cycles and stuff and that. So um, the third one, we're going to go back to the Gospel of John just a couple, um, a little bit later. Now, you know, the Gospels are a little bit tricky because they're not necessarily chronological. <laughs> and, so, and so we're kind of jumping around and seeing what, and where Jesus met people who needed different things. So the next person he meets is Philip. And Philip was a guy who already knew a lot as a, as a good Jewish boy. He knew a lot and really already believed in the Messiah. He just didn't know who the Messiah was yet. And so when Jesus meets him, he gives him a very different challenge. So this is verse, uh, John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Just that simple, right? <laughs> um, but he's, basically, Jesus meets Philip and says, okay, it's... Now you, you already believe, you're in this. Now you need someone who's going to teach you, someone who's going to lead you and show you what it means to actually live this way regularly. Oh, yeah, can you draw that? Thank you. I know, I forgot. Um, so, so this is, uh, Philip, he knew a lot, but he needed to actually maybe develop some skills, begin practicing the spiritual disciplines. He also needed to actually go from some head knowledge to to like heart knowledge and practicing it, experiencing all of that. Um, So, you did that one? Okay. Um, So there's one kid in our youth group, um, called Kamil. Kamil is uh, in, he's now going into. uh, He's gonna be a freshman? uh, Or is he going into eighth grade? I think he's going into eighth grade. Grade. Yes, yeah. he's going in eighth grade, yeah. and he is great, great kid. He's he's grown up in church actually, so he's you know he went to camps, all VBSs and all that stuff, all of his childhood. So he he did this a lot, you know, and and, and he's he's already made the decision, um, but now he's especially being a teenager. He joined our youth group this last school year, um, and he's starting to go. Wait, but what is it? What do I do? <laughs> like, especially, what do I do when it's just me and not not just for my parents? So he's coming to small group, and we're saying, okay, well, let's let's read the Bible. And he goes, okay, well, you know, I I how? <laughs> and we, you know, he goes, I know how to read, and I, but how do I actually take this and apply it? Or or there's been some, you know, as as some issues have come up in his life, and he goes, whoa, wait, this is. And we're talking with, he's talking with, with one of our leaders, and he goes, oh, that's, I think this is sin. And we go, yeah, we've been trying to tell you that for a while. And he goes, oh, yes, wh- yes, it what is do sin. I, how do I, how do I, how do I stop doing that? You know, how do I actually live in, how do I live as a disciple of Christ? How do I, how do I follow him in this? And we say, well, actually, you know, that's a great question. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's dig into it. How do you bring this part of your life to Christ? 
You know, and how do you, how do you deal with it? Oh, well, how do, you, how do you live in prayer? You know, Paul said pray without ceasing. Well, what does that mean? I, I pray sometimes, but it kind of feels like I'm just talking to the wall. What does it mean to actually pray? You know, and it's, it's some of these really basic questions that I think all of us actually know that all of us have to learn at some point. Mm-hmm. And there's a really big danger in this challenge is we really like to stay here. And part of it is because we're always learning. And so we're always, we often come back to this and go, ooh, I thought I knew that. I think I need to grow in that more. Um, but we don't always move on to the next challenge. So you want to tell us about the next challenge? Or do you have anything to add to this oh, one before I, we move on? I do have things to add. Great. Then we'll um, wait. Most, mostly just we, um, there's another person that we're connected through, through our organization, um, and this person, um, Pavel, yes, um, also none of the names that we're using are actual people's names, so <laughs> it's fine, um, but Pavel, he became a Christian, like, mid-high school, um, it had a lot of skills, and people early on started to give him responsibilities and and leadership roles and tasks that were probably like challenge four or five things. Which we'll get to in a minute. Um, yes, we'll, we'll touch those soon. Um, but nobody really walked through challenge three with him. And so now what we're finding is that he's in a pretty like advanced leadership position um, and doesn't know how to read his Bible and doesn't know how to pray and doesn't know how to like pray with other people. And we're like, oh, we need to go back to some basics here. And, and it is, it's like causing problems because there's a lot of foundational, those like spoon-fed baby food things that he just never got. And so it's like we have them, we have them linearly, linear, lin- linearly, linearly, yeah. <laughs> linearly Nailed it. Um, for a reason because like you can't really skip steps. It doesn't like... You can't be like, hey, follow me, but also I haven't actually repented and believed yet. Like, I don't have a relationship with Christ, so I'm like, what, what am I doing? Um, yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that yeah. we also, also just sometimes see in our context of people because there's sometimes a lack of people in leadership that it's like, oh, you have this skill? Great. Take it. Take it. You're like, oh, no, they're not ready yet. No, not yet. Yeah. Um, and some, some of the foundational things here, I think it would be helpful just to list a couple um, we didn't talk about this, but I'm going rogue. So this is like, this is talking about, you know, I, I mentioned scripture and prayer. It's also the idea of what is community and, and yeah. the Holy Spirit. How do we engage with the Holy Spirit at all? It's your, also your engagement in a church, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, that community piece. Also, the, yeah. what is my identity in Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how do I live into that? Some of the fruit that comes from a life with Christ, like worship and love for others um, service, things like that. Those are all really key things that would be, I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, a lot of the things to learn here, but yeah. that's often um, in this follow me stage. And, and the last thing I'll say for this, for this phase, this challenge, um, it's really hard to do on your own. Like there are some of these things that, that you can kind of like muddle through, like just you, but it really is so helpful to have other voices, to have mentors, to have someone walking alongside you, leading you, guiding you, modeling these things for you, um, especially in this phase to say, follow me as I follow Jesus. We're following Jesus together. We're doing this together and we're teaching you. And so, yeah. Yeah, this is something that we typically think of discipleship as just here, <laughs> uh, and this is a really key part of discipleship, but we also, something we often challenge people uh, back in Poland is actually the whole process is discipleship, even from the very beginning. So even someone who doesn't know Christ yet, that's where discipleship starts, yeah. right? And discipleship goes all the way through maturity in Christ, which we'll, we'll get to. So 
You want to talk about challenge four? I do. Okay. Um, yeah, so our next challenge is kind of just, uh, I mean, again, they all build on each other, but the next one is follow me and fish for men. Um, and this one we look at Matthew 4, 19, um, and it says, da, 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 and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Um, and this, do you want to give a little bit more context yeah. on, that, on that passage too? This is another, I mentioned earlier that the gospels are not necessarily chronological and sometimes we can read this passage and go, oh, this is the same challenge, you know, it's, it's again to Simon Peter and John and James and you know, it's, it's the same thing he does that we just read when he said, follow me, maybe this. Um, but actually, this is something we see that um, uh, Peter, Simon, Simon Peter, he, Christ gave him the challenge to follow me, and he did for a little while, and then he also kept going back to fishing. And this is the moment when Jesus came back to him uh, and said, hey, you have been following me. Now it's time for the next step. Now it's time to follow me and be a fisher of men. Right? And there's a really, it's a really powerful picture of some calling sometimes takes a couple rounds and, and learning what our identity is in Christ takes a couple rounds. It's not one and done. Um, but especially for Peter, he, he said, hey, now it's time to follow me and for Shrevent. So what does yeah. that look like? Yeah, and, and this one, like there definitely, um, there are some intentional skills development that happens between challenge three and challenge four. Um, and it's also, it's also largely a heart issue of saying, okay, as I am following Jesus and as I am growing in my understanding of myself as a disciple and of Jesus and this Lord that I am serving, um, that the a natural desire should be, I want to invite other people into this. And I want and I want to I want to bring other people into this journey and invite them onto this path as well. Um, and think about the other people in my life, my classmates, my friends, my family. Um, that there there should be that kind of natural heart transformation of like, okay, yeah, this is good. Let's 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 it have more people come and join me in this. Um, the the other thing is that um, this challenge also comes with a lot of fear. And that's the, really the main barrier we see there of fear of, okay, I have to, I have to like, in, or, in order to fish for men, you have to be, you have to be vulnerable with people and to share and to risk being rejected. And mm -hmm. like, there's all of those things that we just naturally encounter. Um, but I mean, maybe not especially we're youth ministry, so I'm like, especially in teenagers, I think we all feel it too. Yeah. Um, but there is, there's a lot of like, what are people, what are people going to think? What are people going to say if I invite them to this church thing or this youth group thing, or, or mm -hmm. if I tell them like, Hey, did you know? And so. And this, this is a yeah. lot of really practical equipping that we see Jesus doing actually when he yeah. says, okay, he tells the, the disciples, I'm going to send you out. He's sending out the 72, right? He says, I'm going to send you out in pairs and you're going to go. And he gave them a couple instructions you know, go, and if they don't accept you, then shake the sand off your sandals and, and move on and, and pray for, you know, he gives them a couple specific instructions. And then when they come back, he also debriefs it with them. And he says, okay, how'd it go? And they go, it didn't go great. He goes, yeah, it happens sometimes. And they, oh, and this was great. You know, and they talk about, well, how did this work? It's really practical, but it's also really deep because uh, doing this requires, um, it, it, it puts a lot of weight on, on your discipleship so far. And it kind of also shows where there's maybe some cracks and things that need to be filled up. And so it's kind of a, it, it pushes on this and, and refills it and challenges it. It's really, really good stuff. Mm -hmm. 
It's really good stuff. This is, this is what we, um, when, when short-term teams from churches in the, in the U.S. and in Canada come to do English camps with us, like some of you guys did, that's, that's what this trip is. So also, I'm very sorry for the couple of you who have been to Poland with us. You're like, we've already heard all of this. Yeah, we know this, yeah. But it's because we, it's so helpful and so key for us. We use it all the time. So, but that's what this trip is. It's saying, hey, we, we, want you, we want to challenge you to go and share in a context that's a, a little bit safer because they're new people. You, you're already interesting because you're a foreigner. And we're there with you to help you. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna prep you, and we're gonna debrief, and we're gonna also support you. And so, if you're doing it, and you just, oh, I don't know, we're gonna help you know, like that's that's what this trip is about, and we love doing that, right? So, anything else you would add to to challenge four? No. Okay, great. So the last one, um, you almost made it. Okay, the last one uh, we call it challenge five, and this comes from the Great Commission, from Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, where Jesus tells the disciples. I'm going to send you now. Like, go and make disciples, teaching them. Uh, I'm trying to quote it from memory, and that's, I almost have it, but now I'm on stage, and it's stressful, so I'm just going to read it. I should have prepared You're doing beforehand. a great job. No, oh, thanks, babe. Um, go, therefore, and make, uh, and Jesus came in and came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If I were to summarize that, this one isn't verbatim from what he said, but it's, I'm, I'm sending you now. It's time to go. Right? And this is someone, this is someone that has, has the skills and the heart. Their eyes are open and they see it. And they get to a context and they look around. Let's say they're in school or maybe at a job and they're looking around and going, wow, I see people in need here. Maybe they're seeing people who don't know Jesus and need to come and see who Jesus is. Maybe they're seeing people who know Jesus but they need to grow in their following of him. And they're saying, oh, I see it and I'm going to help. And, and I'm equipped enough to figure out how to do it, and I'm going to step into that. And there, there are people that need a little bit less of a, hey, I'm going to challenge you to now, you know, to take the next step. And they're more like, oh, no, I'm challenging myself. I'm stepping into this, right? Mm-hmm. They're taking up Jesus' challenge. Yeah. And, and really, the, the biggest need that challenge five people have um, is, is Barnabases? Barnabai? Barnab... Yeah. Um, is, is to have someone <laughs> to have someone go with them. And like, yeah. like the disciples were sent out in pairs. He's, Christ said, I'm sending you. Also, don't go alone. You need people alongside of you saying, yes, we're in this. We're in it together. We're here with you. Um, yeah. to, have, to have that support and that encouragement is a really crucial part of this, of this challenge. So we experienced that. Joey mentioned it today during, during service. We experienced that when you as a church, four years ago, we stood on stage and you prayed for us and you said, we are sending you now, mm-hmm. right? And that was the time when we were, we were here and we said, okay, we're ready. We're not perfect. We have a lot to learn. We got to Poland and we were like, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's challenging, but we were like, okay, we're ready to go. And then you as a church gave us the challenge, we're sending you, and we went. So that's, that is the outline. Yes, general overview. Yes. Of our roadmap. So now you may be wondering, cool, w- w- thanks. 
Like, that was, that's great information. A cool used Bible, that's great. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, let's go on to the refreshments, cupcakes. That sounds great. But uh, cupcakes? Oh, I don't know. I'm, oh. I'm just oh. making stuff up. There might not be cupcakes. Um, but the question may be, okay, well, what do we do with this? So what do we do with this? Yeah. So it's one thing that we have been kind of walking through. And, and often when we present this, because it just simplifies it, we just present it as this linear, linear, linear <laughs> path of, of how we grow. But the reality is, is that it's not like, okay, I came and see, I repented and believed, I followed Jesus, I have fished for men, and now I've been sent. I'm missionary in Poland. That's it. I am challenge five. We, I have camped out here. We are now spiritually mature, perfect in Christ We people. have done it. Yes. Success. I've arrived. Like, that's just not how it works. Absolutely like, not. I, <laughs> I'm seeing some nods because you're all like, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what we found is that often through different experiences, like through a crisis or through something really transformational, um, or even just through a context change, we find that wherever you are, you tend to like go back a couple of steps. So even for me, like when I was the youth director at Faith, I was over here. I was like, okay, I am doing discipleship, I am equipping, I am sending these students to college to their different contexts. Like this is what I'm doing and this is what I feel comfortable with. And then we moved to Poland. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I thought I was like a competent human who was like this mature Christian. What, like what, I don't, I, I don't speak Polish. The culture, like I, you know, I, I, I thought that I understood it, but now I'm not so sure. And all of a sudden I had to go back and just say, okay, Jesus, like I need you to meet me and I need to develop all of these skills and grow and grow in these categories because my context changed and all of a sudden I don't like, I didn't start from zero, and sometimes we do start back over at zero, and we're like, okay, Lord, I just need to come and see you again, and I need to, I need to really, I need to take to heart what, what is happening and who you are, um, but there are lots of times where we just have to go we, go, we go back a little bit, and we cycle through, and we say, okay, Lord, what else are you teaching me? What else do I need to grow in? Um, because it's, it's not, we can't get stagnant anywhere, because that's just not helpful. Yes, some, some really common moments where you might go, ooh, something's different. I thought I knew how to do this. Uh, any major life stage change, so maybe going from high school into college, or maybe getting married, or maybe suffering a significant loss, uh, having a job, maybe retiring, maybe switching careers totally, moving to a new city, any of those, and many other things can cause a bit of a, oh, I don't, I knew how to follow Jesus over there. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to do it here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, I know how to read my Bible, but how do I read my Bible as a person who's gone through grief? Oh, I know how to read my Bible when I lived alone. Now I'm married and there's someone with me all the time. How do I read my Bible now? It's very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> so We've worked through that. Don't worry. <laughs> well, and still are. Um, and a new one is coming. So... Um, but that's but it, it, it does. We have to go yeah. through cycles of it yeah. often. And and sometimes what I like just for my own help, um, I like to imagine is like, okay, if this if this is my if this is my path as a disciple, um, imagine it's like, okay, this uh, <laughs> that that dotted line is like high school Becca. 
that, okay, so th this is where I am, and, you know, I'm following Jesus, and, like, this is the depth of, of just my relationship with him in that context. And, okay, I'm, I'm moving through, and I'm growing, and it's great. And then I went to college, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, and all of a sudden, I have a new... I have new capacity, and I have to, and I want to fill that. I want to grow into that space and and be better equipped and develop those skills and meet Jesus in new ways. Mm -hmm. um, but there's always a season where you feel that gap and you feel that. <gasps> okay, it's even we just one of our high schoolers. We took him to a conference, and one of the, I don't even know what they were teaching on, but he just came out and he was like, Becca, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. Like it just so rocked him. And we were like, you're here. What's I know, what? we're, like, we're yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, like, no, but it was like, and I, I wish I could remember what the context was, it was but it was ago, just, it was yeah. some theological idea that just so shook him that he was like, I don't know what to do. And so we had to talk through this and we're like, well, this is a natural part of growing. Like your, 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 your foundation is shaking and that means that you get to make it bigger and stronger and you actually get to meet Jesus in a new way in a deeper way, and in a more impactful way. Um, and it's been really awesome to see this year how he has done that and how he stepped into that. And he has sought out other mentors and asked questions and really like used that to say, okay, I'm in it, and I'm in it deeper and more solidly. Um, but it is, but it's that, that moment is stressful when you feel the, like when we moved to Poland, I felt the gap. I felt the lack of, <gasps> suddenly I'm, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, yeah, it, it adds a lot of depth. You know, yeah. uh, there's this yeah. the emotionally healthy discipleship and, and spirituality. It, it's as as we mature just as people, as we grow older and have a deeper understanding of life and who we are, that increases our ability to also understand God and deal with more complicated concepts. And for those of you who were at Lament yesterday, that's even lamenting causes a grow, growth of our potential of our potential for depth. And in that, we have to meet God in that again and then come through that and we can then give that to others. Yeah. So, so now one of the practical ways you can, you can use this, or I'll, I'll share how we use this and then maybe an idea I have for how maybe you could use this. Uh, we use this all the time. When we meet with a youth leader, uh, especially if it's like a newer person, one or two meetings in, we'll say, hey, I want to tell you about this because it's really helpful. Because what we'll do is we'll say, we'll, we'll, draw, we'll make a column out of each challenge and we'll say, write out every person in your youth group, all of your students, and put them in one of these challenges. And that's always tricky because I go, well, I don't know, is this person, is this person three or four? I go, well, are you they doing? You put them in the middle. We accept like yeah, some, halvesies. But somebody will say, well, I don't know if they're if they're if they're challenge two or challenge three. I don't know if they've believed or not yet. I go, you should probably figure that out. Like, do, that's a good question. To that, ask. That's a pretty that's that one's a pretty hard line. Like, are they have they or have they not? And sometimes we have to repent and believe again. But there's that initial like, yes, I am a follower of Christ, right? So we'll have them map that out on the bottom of the, of the table, and then I'll draw the line up. You know, I can't do it on the whiteboard, but I'll draw the columns up above, and I'll say, okay, now tell me about everything that happens in the context of your church and which challenge it's meeting. I go, well, what do you, I go, so, where, so what is, who is your youth group trying to reach? Who is it trying to help? Who's, what's your target audience? What's your target audience? They go, uh, uh, well, uh, I go, uh-huh, yeah. Well, and, and what we find is that lots of youth groups, at least in Poland, have tons of people in challenge one and two, and, may, and maybe a handful in three, but tons of people on this half, but all of their events and all of their youth groups are geared towards four and five. 
are saying, hey, you're already a believer. We're equipping you. We're training you. And then we have to go back and say, actually, what you're doing does not fit your audience. It doesn't fit who you're trying to reach and who you have already, like, ready. Yeah, it's hard to tell a bunch of non-believers to go and share the gospel with their friends when they're like, what's the gospel? Like, it's, it doesn't, you know, and so, so okay, well work. then, so your youth group needs to shift, so how can we make some programming shifts to help your youth meetings maybe actually reach your audience? Or, okay, well, you actually have, you have a group of new people and a group of people who have been here forever and think they know everything about the Bible because they grew up in Sunday school, um, but yeah, I was one of those. Um, and we go, well, then what if you, then what can you do for those, those challenge three people? And maybe you start doing a small group for them and then telling, and then involving them in leading the youth ministry for the challenge one people and giving them the challenge and start moving them from challenge three to challenge four and saying, okay, you know all these things. Now it's time for you to start sharing it with your friends. Oh, how could, no, how can we do that? Well, what if you did a camp? And, you'll, and your, your teenagers from your youth group, all your church kids, will run the camp and lead small groups and, discuss, you know, and, and share the gospel with their non-believing friends who are challenge one, right? So we'll help them kind of map that out. And so that's what I would also, well, I would say there's, there's three steps in what I would encourage you guys to do and how you can use this tool. The first one is to say, where am I mm-hmm. in this? And again, remembering that it, you can cycle through and sometimes maybe take a, like a little step back, a little step forward. Where am I and what, what challenge is Christ giving me now? Is there something that he is really teaching me and I need to dig in so that I can now start passing that, learn, learning to pass it on to other people and then be sent to pass it on to other people? Mm-hmm. Or do I already know the thing I need to know and now he's saying, I am, I am equipping you to send. Or I'm equipping you to, to fish for men in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first question is, what do you, where are you? What do you need? The second question is, um, where are your people? <laughs> you know, thinking about the people in your life, the people that God has given you to be in contact with, whether that's neighbors, coworkers, family members, um, I don't know who else, people, people in church that you're connected to, whatever. Yeah. Who are they? Who are the people that God's been putting on your heart? And where are they on this map, Right. So I'm thinking, okay, okay, my our downstairs neighbor, she's she's 85. Pani Vwaja is her and name. And delightful. She's delightful. She cuts out pictures of hedgehogs from magazines and puts them in our mailbox for me. Yes. It's so precious. Yeah, she is. She's fantastic. She's she talks. We talk every time. She's a every time we walk up our stairs and meet her. She's a philosopher. She's great, um, and she is firmly. In this come and see, like she's, I've been trying to tell her a little bit. She's had a couple experiences of something that she can't totally explain with prayer, with me, with some other random people she's been on the street. It's great. And so I go, okay, well, what is actually, what does she need? What challenge? Uh, I need to challenge her to, to repent and believe. And that might not be a one-time challenge, but I might say, well, then what, what can I do to actually make sure she clearly understands the gospel and give her an opportunity to respond? Especially I'm going, well, we might be moving soon. We, we need a bigger apartment. I, this, I, I want to do that. So what am I going to do? So, so the second question is, where are people? Where are your people in your world? And third question is, what, what can you do for them? Now, some of them are, what can you do individually? And also, what are things happening in your context, like here at Faith, that you can invite them to? So if I remember, and Joey, you can correct me on this. When, it, at Faith, there, we use a, an image of front porch event, like living room, kitchen. Is there another? Backyard. So that's another, another like house metaphor for this same thing, is where are people, how close to us are they? 
and what can we invite them to? So, so what, what's, what is a come and see event that church is doing? Well, Men of Faith does a great cookout with lots of bacon. And it would be a great thing to invite people to that really have had no contact with the church, but who's going to say no to bacon? You know what I mean? Or like, like I don't even know all the, all the great things that we're doing, but we're do, as faith, faith does things all across the spectrum. But also, you're come and see people. Do not invite them to a lament workshop. Probably would not go well. Yeah, it could be a, it could be a little much as a first step, <laughs> for, for example. But that would be great to invite someone who's going, man, I am learning what it means to follow God, and I've been doing that for a little while, and, and, and you go, you know what would be really great? This lament workshop. Or, hey, actually, you know what would be so cool is if you, if, you, if you came to church and heard about divorce. That would be really, really great. Okay, that was a little joke, but that did not land. I tried. Um, or, but, you know, like, there's, or like, hey, actually, our, our Sunday sermons, they are, our, our Sunday services are really, really theologically deep. They're amazing. And, and those are, the service, Sunday services are kind of a whole spectrum as well, because we, our church, this, your church, our church, uh, weird, works really hard to do that. I'm getting a little lost. Can you take over? What's, what's next? Because I'm you're, just rambling. You're doing great. You're Thanks. doing great. Um, yeah, that's, that's really it, though. And actually, we're just going to open it up to questions for the rest of the time because, um, yeah, this is it. This is this is the roadmap that we use um, as we do discipleship, as we interact with churches, um, and we think it's a really helpful tool yeah. for us. Personally, like, there are so many times where I have, in my quiet times, I'm like, all right, Lord, like, where am I? What do I need? What are you teaching me? What What is my next step to grow as a disciple and as a disciple maker? Um, what does this look like for me? Um, and so, yeah, I, we hope that it's been encouraging and informative for you guys, and we would have loved to answer questions. Yeah, this, so. this is great. I'm sure we're going to have lots of questions, uh, so yeah. we'll open that up here in just a second. I, I'm just curious, because as you guys are describing this, I was flashing back mentally to, I think, my second year here, and Becca was a senior in the, the youth ministry, awesome. and she came and like sat down with me. Yes. I don't know if you remember this. Do you want to hide behind the curtain? I, yeah, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and came and sat, made an appointment and sat down with me. Um, I did make an appointment, though. I you did. did. That. You yeah. did. Yeah. And I wish we'd had this language. I wish you and I both had this language then, because we, we were talking past each other and both saying true things. Becca's like, I need more. I want more deeper teaching. And I was like, Becca, I, I'm trying to reach this group, and I need your help with that. And uh, th as you're describing, I'm like, that's what was going on then. 100%. 100%. And yeah. if, if I'd had this, I would have been like, hey, Becca, you're, you're ready to go fishing. Yeah. Um, so let's fish in the youth group. Let's do this together. Mm -hmm. Right? All right. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. Uh, what questions do you have? I'm going to come over here to my laptop so I can see the Ooh. questions people are posting online. So if you are there online, please drop in your questions. Yes. Joey so far, the first question you got was, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Jack and Ingrid here. Welcome. So I'm going to need more than that to work off of. Uh, yeah, Jacob, let me come over here. You got a mic. This is great. Yeah, uh, thanks so much, guys, uh, yeah. for sharing and, and yeah, just all those great you. examples and stories in the framework. I was curious if you could talk more on the difference between four and five. <laughs> I think I'm like halfway yeah. there, but no, yeah, talk a little no more that. that's okay. Uh, it, it's tricky, uh, to it, be completely honest. It, yeah. It is. It is. Um, I, from my understanding and from what we've experienced, um, really, the difference between four and five is is the is the confidence in the skill set. Is saying like four four says okay, I've got the passion for it, I've got the heart for it. Like I I, I want to fish for men. I'm kind of like stumbling through it a little bit. You know, it's the kid who walks into a classroom and says, 
oh, I see all of these, I see all these classmates that are non-believers, and, and I, oh, I want them to know. And it's the five that walks in and says, I want them to know, and I know exactly what I'm going to do. That I, I am ready, I, ha I have, I've got these tools in my tool belt that are ready to go that I can pull out. Um, and, yeah. and they, the, the, the confidence and the skills are there to do it and to step into it. If yeah, that makes sense. It, it's, to, so I, I'd say to summarize, I'll attempt yeah. to summarize. This person is um, l l opening their eyes and learning the skills. This person has, th their eyes are open and they know how. Yeah. Does that help clarify the difference? Okay, yeah. great. That's a great question, though. We get that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. We are, ask ourselves that one a lot, too, actually. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a different context, how, like in uh, where you're working in Poland, is number five look different than it might look here? That is a great question. That's a good question. We, tried, we should have tried to think through what questions people were going to ask and we like prepare have. answers. We should have preempted that. Um, um, I, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think that at least at least from my experience and for in Poland and in, and in the states um, n no because we're all being sent into different areas but being sent looks the same so I, I don't maybe that's maybe that's not clear like um, can I try yeah okay so so I think <laughs> I think the, the it, it would be really easy to see this and go aha so these are missionaries and I also gave the example of us going as missionaries and that is true um, but I think it's a lot but not exclusively it's like, not exclusively no. like um, that this is this is the person who is this is this is this is my dad being yeah. sent as a pharmacist That's to actually, community north this is my mom being sent as a teacher to her middle school yeah. this is all of our high school seniors being sent into college. Yeah. Like the, it's, it's all of those different capacities and places. Mm -hmm. I, th I think the, um, the biggest indicator of it is, is that, that moment of someone being, in a sense, commissioned, even if they don't have a commissioning service or anything like that, but it's saying, hey, we, we, you are ready, and now we are, we are handing you off to this next stage, to this next group, to this next, and you're going to be making disciples there. Not necessarily as a profession. We have the incredible privilege and opportunity mm -hmm. to do That's this great. as a job. Yeah. Most people don't, but we're all called to, to like, like Jesus said, to go and, and baptize and teach to obey and make disciples who make disciples, right? And so does that answer your question or not really? Sure. Yeah. If go ahead and repeat the question. Yeah, yeah. If if the tool we talked about tools and tool belt, and mm -hmm. if the tools we use in Poland are different than the tools we use here, um, there are some nuances in yeah. in the language that we use, and like like just um, incredibly, there are lots of things that you can and church things that you can invite friends and coworkers to in the States that no, aren't necessarily resources that we have in Poland, just yeah. depending on the context. Mm -hmm. um, and so like there are probably for the I am sending you, maybe that person is way more equipped in, hey, one-on-one -on -one Bible studies. And these are my Bible study resources that I have ready because I can't necessarily just invite someone to this small group that my church is doing or this course that mm -hmm. they're doing or some, something like that. 
Um, yeah, and and I feel really passionately about tools in Poland because we don't have as many, especially sure, in terms of like one-on-one -on -one tools. And part of my job is actually helping create or um, translate or train and distribute some tools. So we have some specific Bible studies that we've actually like created for people at certain challenges. So for example, we have a Bible study called the Look Study, and so let's it's a four-week Bible study looking at what it means to be to what what Jesus is inviting us to in a relationship with him. Kind of takes you through the four symbols of like, you know, God created us to be in relationship with him, but then we sinned and so then he sent his son and now we have a decision to make, right? Each of those is like a week. And so we have a Bible study that we train people to that we train people in these two challenges to use with people in challenge two. And then we have a separate 20-week Bible study curriculum that we call the Grow series, whatever, that we use for people in challenge three who need to learn to grow. And those would all work here very well. And I have them in English. I can actually have them in my backpack. I can show them to you if you're curious. Uh, but we also, but in America, there are many, many other fantastic resources that will work for any um, specific niche group you can think of. You know, like you can say, I would like to do a Bible study with people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> What can I find? And you could find and 20 you can of Google those. That it's called Ultimate Quest. <laughs> yeah. Is it actually? And the Search for Salvation. I don't know. I'm just making that Actually, up. my cousin is trying to make that. Anyways, that's uh, oh funny. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. But in Poland, there's not as many of, uh, there, there's not such specific resources because that's not, because, um, because that's, we're not as, yeah, Christianity just, is not mainline. That's just the yeah. nature of the context. Right. And so that's part of our job is making things like how, that. How do you guys find the sending is um, changed by the predominantly Catholic context that you're in? I remember you telling me once, like, um, only Catholics can, like, rag on other Catholics. Like, as, as Protestants, you're trying to, to reach into anomaly Catholic uh, kids yeah. and families. You're like, you do not disparage the church. Right, uh, because it just it would close doors. So, h how does that affect the way that you are sending people? That's a great question. Um, I feel like I go in so many different directions with that, and I'm. I don't. I don't know if it. I don't know if it actually changes the way that we send people, or, um, but it definitely is just just a reality of hey, how can we. Um, Maybe even maybe even to put it better, one of the tools in the tool belt is saying we need to really define the language that we're using because we often find ourselves using very similar language and vocabulary um, to describe things that are totally different. Um, and so talking about what a relationship with God looks like and what worship looks like and community and all of those things, mm -hmm. um, that because there is such a religious context already, um, that we have to really define our t define our terms and say okay. This is what I mean when I ask about when I ask about grace. Yeah. This is what I mean, and and things like that. Um, the other thing we might yeah. try to help people learn is how to say when someone asks a question that's like, well, in our church we do this. What do you do? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I grew up going to Polish school, and so I would often and people knew that I was Protestant. So they'd go, well, it you know we're Christians, so we celebrate Christmas. What about you guys? And I was like, first of all, um, we're Christians too. But also we actually we also celebrate Christmas because Christmas is all about the birth of Christ, and we want to celebrate that because of who Christ is and what He came to do, right? And so and we want to teach people to not focus on differences, but rather say, hey, this is the truth, and take these rabbit hole, rabbit trails that people keep going off on and say, let's redirect to what is the mm -hmm. essential part of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And the differences don't, they don't really matter all that much, especially not at first, right? When people are like, well, we baptize babies, why don't you? And I'm like, well, let's talk about what baptism is anyways. Mm -hmm. 
And then the whole babies are adults. That's a, that's, we can talk about that later, but let's talk about what is baptism, right? And, and teaching people to kind of redirect and to focusing on Jesus instead of on issues. That's great. Another question. All right. Oh, Come somebody. In. Great. Love it. Both Preston's. What is this? Renee, <laughs> um, Kyle. At what point does worship, is worship included in all of those steps? Or when you're together with people, mm -hmm. at what point do you include worship as part of the time together? Yeah, by worship, do you mean like the, the musical piece or like the, yeah, well, I think that would largely depend on who you're asking. Our, our church in Poland, for example, views worship as an incredibly evangelistic tool. And people will come to Christ because they'll come, people will invite them and say, hey, you should come to our church because we have great worship. Our worship, we do between 9 and 12 songs per service. Um, and He's they're all very long. I'm not exaggerating. I've counted, and it's and it's it's we do as much worship as we do sermon, and our sermons are also quite long. So minimum an hour. But but our church really treats as it, treats it as an incredibly evangelistic tool. Now that's not always true of, of all churches. Some churches treat it as a moment to really say, hey, we're going to use music to reinforce truth of who God is and what we've learned about Him in this follow me category. And, and I would just real quick add on to that is that even so when we do evangelistic summer camps, we still do worship yeah. and we give a context for it. We right. intro it as, hey, we, we believe in, in, in this God and, and this is one of the ways that we show that and we experience it. And so it would be great if you would sing with us, if you just want to sit and listen to the words, if like mm -hmm. we give people permission to to, to come and see in whatever they're comfortable with, but to say, hey, this is, this is part of our life, and this is part of what we do with, with this God that we serve and that we worship. And yeah. that's why sometimes we'll sing Pharaoh, Pharaoh at camp because that's a worship song that's very much come and see. Yes. You know, like the ones with motions or, you know, like all the ones. Those are, those are more on this side than on this side, but, but music can be such a wide tool yeah. that it can really serve anywhere in this. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Ellie? Yes. Um, as this is a linear process, but people can regress a little bit, mm -hmm. how do you meet them in that? So if you have a student who's already starting to meet with other students, but then all of a sudden they have a context change and now they're back to follow me, mm -hmm. how do you fill that gap? Yeah, That's a great question, and that's one of the best moments, but I'm gonna let you answer that one, I think. <laughs> um, I, For me, what I've experienced and what I've walked through with, with some of our students, um, the best way um, is to really be available and and to walk through that with them and and to and to sit in the questions and the like okay and and help them identify what's happening and 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 not like like let them sit in kind of the like the shakiness of it but also be like okay this is a this is a normal part of growth this is that like this is the awkward phase when the crustacean has or whatever has left its shell and is looking for one that's bigger and is saying okay I'm too big. I'm too big for that home. I need another one. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of just reminding them that it's normal and being there to answer the questions and to equip them and saying, okay, yeah. you do. You need more skills. You need to develop these skills in a new way um, and to walk through that process with them. Well, and the reason I say it's great is because that's when they're actually looking for an answer. Yeah. Right, and that's the best time to work yeah. with someone is they're like, I have a question, and I'm like, I have a problem. I'm Help like, me. And I'm like, let's open the Bible and find the answer together. And yeah. it's and it's then we can together come to Christ. Oh, that's the best. I don't have to push them or anything. I'm just saying, hey, I'll just show you the way. And they're walking on their own. That's great. But it does require you have to be there. You have to listen to their questions, and you have to kind of help go. Oh yeah, hey, that totally makes sense. Um, 
let's read this together. Oh man, well, have you thought about this and ask a few more clarifying questions and, and then help them find the answer. It's, yeah. 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 Yeah, go for it. So as the person helping someone move along this process, how do you discern when it's appropriate to move from helping someone to come and see and then challenging them to repent and believe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great question too. You guys have great questions. <laughs> I, I would say for me, in, in my experience with doing discipleship, um, a lot of it is just led by the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. how I'm, in, when I'm, when I'm meeting with a student, um, being really in tune with him and, and seeing how he's prompting me and how is he, le- how he's leading me. Um, and there are times where I, I, I can sense that he's like, no, Becca, don't, don't give that challenge yet. Maybe ask this question and get, get some more information or, or like, yeah, it's time. You need to ask them if they're ready to repent and believe, or you need to, you need to like give them that, that next push into the next thing. Um, but, and, and there's also times where I, like, I, I push a little bit. And I'm like, oh, that was not, I shouldn't, they did not need that push right then. They needed someone to be just like a, a like walk alongside and not someone, not someone forcing them. But it's, yeah. it's tricky. It's messy. Holy Spirit, follow his leading. Yeah, but. Uh, and trust that he is that he is working even when we screw up, that I'm not going to do it perfectly. I'm, yeah. I am, I am never going to at the exact moment, every single time, like, you know, be exactly what they need. Like, that's just not the reality and say, okay, like yeah. God works and through other people, even when I mess it up. Yeah. Well, and even that, I think Christ is our, or the God in one, in his Holy Spirit, Father, Son, is, is often already preempting that challenge in them and it's a lot of seeing okay i see something's already happening in you i'm going to now verbalize it right so like hey this kid i can see that he's he's living through something and he's he's either really talkative or really quiet and really contemplative i think it's time to give him the challenge to repent and believe and say hey you know, you can make this decision. Or I can see, I can see this is something we've been going through. We're building a, a new student leadership team for this coming school year. And so I'm looking at our youth group, and I'm trying to find kids who have been in here, and they're already starting to do this. They're already starting to go out to their, to their peers, or they just naturally have people following them anyway. So I go, I'm going to say, I'm going to come to, 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 to one of these kids and say, hey, I, already, I see that you're doing this, and I think you're ready for the next challenge. So I would like to invite you to join our team and step into this. And I might not say the exact, okay, it's time for you to fish for men because, you know, she's a 16-year-old girl and what the heck does that even mean? But I'm going to say, hey, I see that you're already investing in people and I think I would yeah, love it if you would come. There's more. Yeah. And, and, and I see that you're ready for the next step and I want to help you take it. Yeah. yeah. Joey? Great. Online, John is wondering, um, what is the resistance to or acceptance of the gospel in Poland? What sort of yeah. fruit are you finding? That's a great question, John. Um, well, it's, it's tricky because Poland is, um, like we said, it's a very Catholic nation, so a lot of people think they know the gospel. You mentioned church, you mentioned God. They have lots of opinions, lots of thoughts. Um, but when you actually tell them this is what Christ did and this is what it means for you, that's often very new to them. And so people generally, I would say, are very open, uh, especially now the, new, the younger generation, the Gen Z and stuff, they're... They're looking because they're looking at their parents and their grandparents who have been like cultural Catholics their whole life, and they're like, ooh, that's not working. Actually, the way it works is they're looking at the grandparents did it their whole life and forced their kids to do it, uh, but their kids didn't really like it, but they had to go. So, and, those, and then those kids grew up to now be parents of teenagers, and they, don't, they no longer force their kids to believe in church, to believe in God or church. And, and so then we have 
you know, two generations ago practicing and potentially believing people right. to just nominal Catholics to like essentially no, atheists or like agnostics. Why? Yeah. But but especially among the young people, searching and yeah. very open. Uh, I most of the young people that we interact with by far very open searching w- want something bigger right. want something deeper want significance um and yeah. they j- and they haven't found it thus far right yeah the, the it's less less often well hey i don't want to hear about this it's more of like oh that's so cool i love hearing what other people believe and i'll take a couple pieces of that and incorporate that into my worldview and we're like hey well it's kind of an all-or-nothing situation. Yeah, you can't just yeah. So that that's more of our challenge is actually saying no. This yeah. this is a, a clearly you know capital T truth, which is not a popular thing anywhere in the in the Western world, America, Poland, any of it. So. Yeah. All right, here I come. Yeah. Thanks for that question, John. Uh, in the U.S., at least, there is a uh, evangelical Catholic movement where the believe the same gospel that we do, yeah. but they are staying in the Catholic Church context. Yep. Is that happening in Poland? And do you interact with that yeah, side? Yeah, it, it definitely is happening. Yeah. Um, not on a large scale, though. Like, there, mm-hmm. there are for sure, and even we have, we have experienced through camps and stuff, a couple of young people who, um, who, who have given their life to Christ, but are a part are part of a practicing Catholic family and, and attend mass regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and through lots of conversations and prayer and discernment have said, actually, um, I think this is still the best place for me. And I, th- mm-hmm. and, and based on what I'm hearing, like this is a place that I can continue to grow and to learn. Um, yeah. and, and, it, and is, and is preaching truth. And so it's, yeah. yeah, it largely depends on the priest. And part of the mm-hmm. problem is the church and the government are very intertwined. And so a lot of, parishes can become very kind of politically involved, and that becomes tricky. Um, and there is there is a bit of a charismatic Catholic revival happening as well, which is an interesting thing that is kind of newish, and we don't know a whole lot about, but we see it for sure mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. 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 So there are things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think, uh, so we have one time for one more question. Well, I've got an online question, and then we should do some giveaways, and I have an idea. <gasps> Yay! So, Great. Okay. So, online question, Ingrid is wondering about uh, what are the communication difficulties when you're talking, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, defining your terms, things like that. Yeah. Do you find differences in communication difficulties when you're talking with Polish students versus Polish adults? <laughs> Especially like you talked about your 85-year-old neighbor yeah. versus the 16-year-old in the youth group. Yeah. Well, to be honest, we don't talk with a whole lot of adults. <laughs> adults stress us out. So we don't feel like adults. Though. That's a secret, though. We work with teenagers for a reason. Um, I, I will say it is significantly more stressful for me to speak Polish with grown-ups than with students. That all my students, I'm like, like my students are like, oh, Becca's Polish is amazing. And then I go talk to grown-ups and I'm like, I, I'm just, yeah, mm-hmm, I, I, I forgot all my words. I don't know what to say. So, um, but... <laughs> Yes. So um, I think I think in, in with adults, there's a lot more um, philosophizing and mm-hmm. using words to kind of get out of ever expressing an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it also is way easier to, to for us to say, um, okay, this is what I mean when I when I talk about um, salvation, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, okay, great. No, I don't believe that. 
-hmm. like like it's it's easier to kind of more concretely do that when kids don't usually have the vocabulary to nuance those things quite well enough and sometimes um, they're not development developmentally able to see a difference between two very similar things yeah you yeah. know just because it's 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 a very gray area and for a 13 year old that's hard to get yeah mm -hmm. With, with teenagers, it's usually easier to ask about their experience with something or ask them to describe it and then ask a lot of follow-up questions. Because if I just say, oh, well, do you think this? They'll always say yes. yes. And then they and then as we're talking more, I'm like, oh, you don't think that. <laughs> that is, we are not on the same page. But they're like, oh, yeah, sure, that's, that's close enough or that works. And so, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We should obviously give them a round of applause for saying thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank for, you for coming and sharing your expertise yeah. with us. So this was the last event of the Go Time weekend uh, for them, other than the yes. prayer meeting on Wednesday, which yes. the link is on faithchurchindy.com slash go time. You can find that there. And right after this is a reception for you guys and an impromptu baby shower. I shouldn't say impromptu yes. because it was very well planned by those who yes. planned it. And I heard there's cupcakes. <gasps> Is that true? Are there actually cupcakes? Okay, all right, so there are oh, cupcakes. I didn't lie. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> cupcakes. Um, and if you are interested at all in uh, joining their team, you can go to that link, faithchurchindy.com slash go time to find details there. Email me, or you can text in hash, their last name, to that number you've been texting your questions to about sex and sexuality in the last uh, four weeks in the sermon series <laughs> we've been in. So just use the same phone number for, for everything. All right, should we, should we do a giveaway? Because you have some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I do we have do. some swag. Okay, so things. here's my my idea. Can you erase that? Yeah. I mean, there's an the whole thing? There. Yeah, yeah, erase yeah. the whole thing. Erase it. Erase it. Erase it. Ooh, that's ah. a great idea. Yes. I think I know you, where you're You know going. where I'm going with this? Erase the top erase first. Erase the, the, yeah, before yeah. they try it quickly. Yeah. And put, put your notes away. No looking at your notes. No looking at your cards, Denny. I see that. I see that hand. So no cheating here. Should um, we leave the drawing, though? Yeah, you can leave the line. Okay, okay. So. Oh. I, I was taught in seminary to, or actually in college, to never erase side by side, only up and down. Because Why? What did because you study? It, <laughs> I studied youth ministry. Ah, and they well. said never erase sideways because it creates a, a, a sympathetic uh, swaying of the hips that is not good <laughs> when you're in front of a group. So always go up and down because wow. that one's less awkward. And, and yeah, because this is a lot less. I really hope the camera was zoomed in on that so I can turn that into a gym. <laughs> yeah. At a very conservative Bible, a uh, Baptist yeah, Bible yeah, college yeah. where uh, we were not allowed to have butts. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Very first person to stand up and tell me challenge number one wins. There it was. Come and see. She didn't wait for permission. Yes. She just right. shouted it out. Yes. So this is a uh, coffee mug from Josiah Venture, Fuel the Movement. Yes. It, I don't think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I don't think it was supposed to be a pun, but yeah, we're not sure if that was a pun or not. Fuel the movement. Number two. Who can stand up and give me number two? Uh, what was it? What'd you say? Okay, there it is. Okay. Number yes. two. Here we go. All right, you guys are ready. You're you're so ready now. I don't know. I think you don't have that. You're ready now. Okay. Okay. Challenge number five. Oh. Ooh. I'm sending you. There it is. There it is. You were ready for challenge three. Here you go. Ah, this isn't my first rodeo, is it? Yes. All right, you guys ready? How many more prizes do we have? How many more do you want to have? How many more do we have? Well, does candy count? Candy counts. Then lots. Oh. All right. <laughs> challenge does, number three. doesn't count. Oh, it was like in unison. Give them each a handful of candy. I okay. think that, yeah. That, yeah. We can do that. We can do that. 
Hey, Dave, which challenge do you want me to say next? So you're ready. You want to? But he was ready. He's been ready for all of them. Can you do all five in order? Let's hear it. Do it. Stand. Yeah, you got to stand up. Yeah. Yes. There you yes. go. Well All right. Done. Well done. We're going to fuel that movement right now. <laughs> All right. That was great. That was great. All right. What do we have left? Just, just a bag of candy? Just candy. Yep. All right. If you give them a hug, you get candy. Thanks for coming. Yep. <laughs> really appreciate uh, y'all being here. And especially thank you to those of you who joined online and asked great questions. Thank you. Thanks to you guys again for sharing your expertise with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and now we head down and to the right to celebrate with you guys. Yay. All right. Thanks. Yeah, See thank you later. Thank you, guys. Thank you.